lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny, your notoriously nesting numbat. What's a numbat? So it's actually a um, marsupial animal. Um, I think it's kind of in the same family as like an anteater. They eat termites, though. I learned about that recently. I did not know for sure what a numbat was, but... It looks like a squirrel. A squirrel? Yeah. Looks like a squirrel to me. Oh yeah, I can, I see some ant eater ant eater ant eater vibes in there too at the at the face, but I see the squirrel too for the tail. It's just a little smaller, I think. Can we get one? No. It'll probably be a dope ass pet. No. Can I still have my monkey? No. Why not? Because we're about to have two children and we have a dog, and I have a you, so it's more than enough. My hands are full. And monkeys are like little savage babies. Like they just never grow up. What do you mean never grow up? Like they're like they're like little kids. Like they're for the most part. Like you have to change diapers, you have to do stuff like that. And where, where the fuck will we get a monkey? We live in Maryland. Listen, when you got money, you can get whatever you want. Feel me? Oh, and now you got money? Now you got money. That's I, why I, that's why I, I married you. I don't have money. That's why I married you. I do not have money. I am able to live my life. I don't have money. And on that note, welcome to another episode of Lover's Coral. Yes. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your second time listening, welcome back. And if this is your third or more time listening, as TJ would say, you are a lover. You are a lover. Hey, loveless. Or I will call you family. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's rock. All right. I know I'm going down, so what are you doing? Um, I'm going up. So I'll start. I already knew you was going to go down. Tell the world about your, about your traumatic, my traumatic Friday morning. Yes. Going down. So y'all, I woke up Friday morning, like early, like was able to turn my alarm off, but you know how it is. Woke up early because we, you know, suddenly all, everybody got the holiday off for Juneteenth. And I was making a whole lot of progress, like straightening up. And that's why like, I feel like I've been like in nesting mode lately. Like as I, I'm actually about to be in the third trimester of my pregnancy, like as of next week, I think it starts the third trimester. So was cleaning, like straightening up, doing what I got to do, like getting stuff done. I was like, um, going to do a load of laundry because we're also going to be out of town. And so I'm like, bet I can come home and not have these things on my plate. Perfect. So I get my nails done. I had a nail appointment later today, later that day or whatever, and my nails are pretty. I would, what would you say, baby? I, I'm pretty consistent about getting my nails done now. Sure. Anyway, this nigga, my story. So, um, in short, I was moving clothes from the washer to the dryer, and I hit my right hand on the washer, and uh proceeded to basically rip my nail my pinky nail off the entire nail bed like and what's wild is that when I hit it like I knew it bent but like I didn't know how bad it was so you know how like when you hit your hand or you stub your toe and you kind of like freeze for a second and you hold your finger or you might hold your foot and then I was like I didn't think it was that bad and then I looked at it and I was like fuck and I'm I was home with Tatum by myself at the moment, so I couldn't really have like the initial reaction that I wanted to because I didn't want her to freak out. Because um, then as soon as even she saw my face, and she was like, I'm worried about you. And then TJ comes in the house from picking up breakfast, and I'm like hovering over the kitchen sink, running water over it, and I'm just like, piss. Fucking mad, like piss. And then I'm just like, I have a nail appointment at 1230. This is like, like 830 in the morning right now, 845. And I'm like, fuck. And then I'm like, just now I'm crying, rage and frustration, tears. Cause I'm like, I just know I have no nail. And, uh, you know, prayerfully this never happens again, but like I made it almost 34 years without this ever happening. And now it happens right now. And I was just having one of these weeks y'all where like nothing was going according to plan. Um, our, my brother-in-law, TJ's brother's uh, 40th birthday is this weekend. Um, the outfit I ordered, the shoes I ordered, everything I wanted to wear to this his party, nothing was arriving. And then I finally thought like things were turning around on Friday morning because it was like, oh, it's out for delivery, blah, blah, blah. And then this happens. So 
I ended up spending the better part of my morning going to urgent care, having needles stuck in my pinky finger to numb it up, having pretty much 90% of my nail taken off my finger, um, stocking up on mad fucking gauze and triple antibiotic cream and band-aids because I don't know how long I'm going to have a nub and then still having to proceed about my day. So I still went and got my nails done. It was just only nine of them. So that's why I was going down because I was so mad. Like I rage cried for a little bit because I was so frustrated and mad that I knew like I just lost a whole fingernail. Um, but yeah, that's my elevator. And, you know, I've made my peace with it. I have my, my tantrum and my frustration. I have sought medical attention and my nine nails that I still have look phenomenal. And with that, I yield. So you're taking it up, though? Yeah. Going up. So, you know, I'm sorry that you have to go through that. Thank but you. But let's look on the brighter side. Got a new nickname. Mm-hmm. My girl, Nin. What, nine inch nails. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh. I will repeat though what my, I told my sister. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I'm missing a nail. TJ's missing teeth. And she told us we were white trash. <laughs> and I'm like, that was pretty funny. So now I have a nickname, but. Your nin, feel me? Yeah, let's see what, let's see what gets back first my nail or your teeth. Ooh. <laughs> it's a race to August, right? That's when you're, you're getting your new, your new set. Yes. Okay. I can't wait. I, July 30th is when I get my, my three-month follow-up to make sure that everything really? healed properly. Then they're going to open this sucker back up, stick stick that, what's the name Implant. In. But even then, like, I spoke to the doctor about it, and it's not that simple. Like, I need to, like, they're going to put it in, but then they're going to have to order another one for it to be permanent. And it's like, this process is long as fuck, which is the reason why when I had my original baby teeth on my right side that's why i did a bridge as opposed to doing an implant because yeah. implant is more expensive even though it's better for you it's more listen like i told y'all before healthcare in america is fucking trash yeah and that, and we're speaking as people who have significant access to it yeah this shit is fucking trash there's no reason why this shit's gonna be like upwards of seven thousand dollars and for two like, teeth. Yeah. And that's why there's so many people walking around just toothless. Like, fuck it. Cause they, I can't afford that shit. Exactly. And access to adequate dental care in the beginning to help, like, prevent that is also hard to come by. It's just definitely, it's terrible. I mean, even Tatum, she had her first cavity and she got her little silver cap filling. And I mean, I'm feeling cap, a cap or whatever, because they can't do fillings on kids, on her, her age anyway. And, um, you know... It's a, it's a blessing that she is able to like it was able to just be addressed and dealt with and things like that. But, and that she only has to have one, and we're able to you know we realize like oh we need to start giving her fluoride tablets because we live on well water, so that probably contributed to, amongst well, other it, things. But who would have known that? Yeah, we wouldn't have know? known it. But my thing is like we ha- like we're we have our frustrations because of how inconsistent our coverage is, and what I'm just saying is like. That in alone and it's in and of itself is fucking frustrating. And then it's just like, and it makes you. I feel like it just makes me more aware of like even the people who don't have the access. Like, just to put it into perspective, so like Tatum had a cavity. We took it to the dentist. It got dealt with, right? When I was teaching, like we have programs like through like Hopkins, through other places that like the dentist comes into the school, mm. and I would like every like once or twice a year. And from pre-K to eighth grade in my school, and this is all over the city, they would like look at kids' dental records or they would look at whatever and they would see who signed up for it. And they would do like um, exams and treatments and stuff like that in like a room in the basement because there's so many kids that do not have dental health care. So like I would literally like, I would get phone calls. I mean, I'd get like a, a list of kids in my classroom. They'd be like, TJ Byerson, come down to room yeah, 111. Yeah, yeah. And then you would get like seen by a dentist, so a crazy. dental hygienist. But we're the greatest country in the world. Yeah. Same thing with eye doctors. I had, I had kids all the time. It's like, I got headaches, Ms. Byerson. I got this, I got that. Why? Because I can't fucking see. And we would have. And they're ha- straining. And they're straining. And we would have to have like an, uh, a program through like a, a college or university, like an optometry program. Um, and they would come in and they would give eye exams and they'd be like, this kid needs glasses. And either we can provide them to you or they can send you a prescription. 
and that's what they'd have to do. So it's just it's, it's a testament. Yeah, America's trash. So you just turned my 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 positive my going up to to going down. Can we reset it? Going down. No, no. I need you to reset the oh, going up. Sorry, going up. Thank you. Yeah, we gotta get off of that. Um, where am I going up for? We're going up. Father's Day is will be Sunday. When it drops, will be Monday. So uh, celebrating Father's Day, I'll be with my family. I'll be mm-hmm. with my father, my brother, uh, some uncles, some uncles. Uh, so some cousins um, who mm-hmm. are also fathers. So um, that'll be dope. Again, with the year that we've had and everything, just to be around family again is dope. Um, going to New York. Again, I haven't been in New York since my grandfather passed away. And prior to that, it was like a year. So a year, yeah. um, being able to just be back in my home is always great. Um, and then uh get to celebrate my brother. My brother's turning 40 on Monday. So when his episode drops, Anyhow. Anthony's birthday. So happy birthday, Ant. And first um, day of summer. Woo, woo. Yep, first day of summer. So Anthony's the first day of summer and I'm the first day of spring. So, you know, shout out to my mom. So... Oh, yeah, because she really thought that out. I mean, listen. She planned it. You're a hater. <laughs> you just wish you had something cool with your birthday. Um, I'm cool with my birthday. It's right there in the middle of summer. July 17th is what I'm talking about. Nigga, that's not my birthday. Uh, anyway, that's when I took you out for our first date. July 17th is your birthday. No, my mother has, I would beg to differ. Um, she knows the day she was pushing me out. She's old. She don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> Um, so that's everything that I have, you know, um, just enjoying life for what it is at this point. Um, I mean, another up is, you know, for me and Danny, again, we've documented our struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when Danny had lost her finger now, because I, I lost my finger tip. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, I just had to get it out there before you'd be like, well, I didn't lose my finger like some people. I, I understand. You know how you do. Whatever. Um but, you know, when, when that happened, you know, I was able to just be there for her. Um, and a lot of times I'd have probably been, like, making it worse or frustrated and stuff like that. Fact. So, um, you know, we're moving towards more positivity and being able to communicate better and stuff like that. So that's an up as well. I'm and with glad. that, I yield. Yes, and thank you. And thank you for your text message when I was in urgent care because I could tell, I think, so what I've noticed about TJ over the, all the years. And then I think we actually had two examples. Yes. Probably actually three examples yesterday of, I think that TJ sometimes struggles when he's, when he's in like stressful situations where he's worried about like the health and safety of somebody he loves. He doesn't always respond accordingly. Like he doesn't always respond like, his concern, it like presents his concern and his fear or worry for a person presents in a more like agitated or frustrated manner. And it happened like three times yesterday. And so I feel like he was also like, by the time the third time happened, he was spent because first it was me with my finger and you were, and that's why I'm, I'm grateful for you because when I like you walked, you obviously like you walked in on it. So you didn't even like see it, hear it, anything like that. And so of course, like my face, my demeanor, whatever, it, it was nothing, none of it was for you, but obviously like I was in literal pain and then also like just frustrated because I'm like, fuck, I just fucked up my whole finger. And like it, it caught you off guard, but then you were kind of like, a, you seem like, even if you didn't mean to, like you come across, you came across like a little like agitated when you thought, like, I don't know if you thought it was the energy was for you, whatever, but... I didn't think anything. Oh. I, I've, I think when I don't know how to respond to something, I I start trying to walk on eggshells. Like, I turn it to you, I would say. Like, I don't want to respond in a way that's going to be taken out of context or anything like that. So I kind of... I'm kind of like, how do I respond to this situation or... Yeah. And sometimes... It, and then sometimes I think from where I'm sitting, it looks like you're like... I can't even explain it, but it's almost like it's like you're annoyed, like or whatever. And it's like so. But what I'll say is that I appreciate that, like we didn't dwell on that. And then when I got to urgent care, you texted me and you were like, you know, try to calm down. It's gonna be okay. I love you, all this stuff. And that was like the reassurance that I like needed 
and and really want it in that moment. So I was really happy about that. And then on top of that, I was saying you had like kind of a stressful day. You were worried about me and t- me, me and Tatum gave you, I think, a couple of scares yesterday. So me with my finger, then Tatum, apparently while I was at urgent care, stuck a Skittle up her nose. Um, so then TJ was home battling that with her with the Skittle up her nose. Really did. And he got it out. Um, and then later on in the evening, TJ and Tatum were like, TJ, you know, they were like horse playing and stuff like that. And then T- um, Tatum like kept complaining that her, her arm was hurting. So then... You know, first it's like, you know, our daughter has a flair for the dramatics. So we're like, okay, well, is she like just dragging it or whatever? But like after some like like 10 minutes went by, 15 minutes went by, and she's like still complaining about it. Like, oh God, do we do the urgent care? Do we do this? Do we that? But we ended up like figuring it out. And I think, you know, TJ felt like, you know, we were, and then we were, we were reminded or I, I remembered and, you know, we told TJ like, um, that Tatum used to have a thing when she was like a little younger where she would sometimes like play too much and like pop her elbow and we think we realize like that's probably what happened it just hasn't happened in so long that we forgot about it so you know we dealt with that and she ended up being fine little ice little you know tlc but i you know i feel like now that i think about it yesterday was probably a a wee bit stressful for for my husband over here as far as his his ladies having physical injuries and or um sticking foreign objects up their nose so but Shout out to you. You handled it in a, in a much better way than you might have in the past. Thank you for your reassurance. You're welcome. So now what I'm going to do, because he's being an asshole a little bit. Because you're like making a face. <laughs> you're like, I'm thank just... you for your reassurance. I'm trying to, I'm trying to celebrate I you. I said right thank now. you. Okay. You need to. You don't be hearing yourself. All right. I, obviously, I, I did not hear myself. But I apologize if it came across like. Whatever. Nonchalant. Yeah. So now it's time for our relationship tip of the week. Um, My tip is don't get married. Shut up. Go ahead. Don't do it, y'all. What's your tip? I'm trying to tell y'all. So my tip is, uh, again, lovers quarrel, we quarrel. So it's okay to quarrel. It's okay to argue. Um... But when you're arguing in a relationship, the goal should not be to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be to understand and to learn and grow from. You shouldn't be in. You shouldn't be in an unhealthy re- competition with your partner. I think um, so. Point. You know, when I'm arguing with Danny or whatever. I mean, and again, this can be relationships, friendships. When I'm arguing with people, I'm not arguing to like kill, destroy, unless I don't like fuck with you type situation. But typically. We're having a conversation so that way we can learn from the conversation, grow from the conversation and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's really important because, again, you know, if you love your partner, you shouldn't be trying to hurt your partner. Mm-hmm. Simple. Straight to the point. Fair enough. I win. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so my tip is something that we learned in therapy just the other day. And that is, you know, we talk about wanting to be, our therapist talks about trying to help, it's trying to help us become each other's safe space. And part of that in being a safe space for your loved one, your partner is about a lot of them feeling like they are comfortable enough to be vulnerable in front of, with you. And so she asked us some questions about um, what it, what it is, what it looks like when, what are we experiencing when we're able to be vulnerable with someone like a friend or someone else like that? So we were able to like share that and that, you know, led to my tip, which is, you know, learn what your partner needs in order to feel vulnerable, right? You can't be someone's safe space. You can't be someone's refuge. You can't be someone's, uh, you know, a place where a a person can feel like they can lay their burdens down not that they expect you to solve them, their problems, but that they can just lay their burdens down in front of you. You have to know what they need in order to be vulnerable. And what, you know, for example, what TJ and I expressed in, in therapy was like, I need like affirmation and understanding. I need you to tell me like my feelings are valid, even if like, even if I know I'm being irrational, but in that moment, if I'm upset, like I just need you to affirm my feelings because that way I don't feel like I'm having to justify how I feel to you because then I'm on I'm, I'm trying to play like you know legal eagle and defending my, my my honor 
And then I need understanding of like, I understand where you come from. Cause then that way I'm more receptive to support. I'm more receptive to feedback. Like, okay, I know how you feel, but maybe consider this angle or maybe this is what we can do to fix it. And I think with TJ, he, he said that he, he needs more, um, like embracing, embracing and like support when he's having a hard time. If he's, if he knows, if I know he's struggling to like try to reassure him and usually, and like, and sometimes it's more like, like, I think physical and words, like using those things to make sure that like, tell him like, it's okay is what he needs. Like he doesn't need me to tell him that his feelings are valid, but he needs me to like tell him I'm here for him. Um, and we learned that we have to kind of express that more. Like it's always comes back to communication because he and I are both guilty of, we do nonverbals and then we expect the other person to read our mind or whatever. And it's just like, that's the one thing we have to do better at because we have to inform the other person what we need, but then we also have to study our partner. And so that way we know we're, we're clear on like what's going on. And on top of that, we have to then try to avoid our default modes that we enter into when our partner isn't in a good space. My default mode is that when TJ's on a, on a tangent or he's upset or he's whatever, even if it's not mine, my default mode is to like steer clear of him. Where, But then he looks, he interprets that as I don't give a fuck, which is totally not. I'm just trying to stay at the crosshairs. So saying that all to say, the my overall tip is learn what your partner needs in order to feel vulnerable with you because that is how you become their safe space. Um, And with that, we're going to jump into our black history fact for this week's episode. Um, you want to go first? You want sure. Okay. So my black history fact is that the executive order of 8802 was signed on June 25th, 1941 to prohibit ethnic or racial discrimination in the nation's defense industry. It also led to the setup of the Fair Employment Practice Committee. It was, it was, a, it was a first federal action though not a law, to promote equal opportunity and prohibit employment discrimination in the United States. This is a black history fact due to the fact that the executive order was demanded by civil rights activist A. Philip Randolph. Shout out to A. Philip Randolph. Mm, because, I knew that was coming. You know, that's my high school. Walter White and others who were orchestrating the march in Washington. The march was suspended once the order was signed. Um, so... Uh, I made this the, the fact because, again, I didn't know about this, but, you know, um, A Philip Randolph, the A stands for Asa. 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 Mm-hmm. You say Asa, I say Asa. All right. Well, go off, sis. <laughs> Don't be disrespectful in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, again, every time that I read different facts, I'm always like, People make it seem like black people didn't do stuff or they didn't have power or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like we did do things. We and did have some. power. We did have stuff. It may have not been the grandiosis always or it may have not been publicized. But black people did have power. There were black people in government. There were black people who were leaders. There were like, you know, it, it's just it's reaffirming. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. You know, I mean, again, I, I kind of knew some things just because, again, we're part of our organizations and you know we have great members who did so much Mm -hmm. um on the university level the national scale the international scale like we have members who've done so much black members with black history um but it's always just reaffirming to like read stuff you know that's why I always, like I said, it always bothers me. People be like, we're not our ancestors. Like, our ancestors, they weren't just lying down. Like They did more shit than we could ever deal with. Yeah. They were way more tougher, in my opinion. No, I agree. And it's, it's not our job to be like, we're not them. We're talking about we need we need to be more like them and then also utilize the tools and the access that we have now to, to carry the torch to, oh, to continue, to continue to work. Well, we have to mobilize and we have to become one, you know, um... I think that's a major thing that, you know, they did back in the days. Like, you're black, I'm black. We're going to rock. You know, because we were all we had, you know, once segregation kind of stopped and everybody kind of made their own decisions. And then, um, like I said, systematic racism put black people against black people. You know, are you upper class versus middle class versus the poor class and everything else? Like... You know, I think they use that system to push us against each other to try to not make us as strong as we were. 
I mean, everything's everything. So basically, every institution you could think of is orchestrated to keep black and brown people or and or poor people poor or disenfranchised or anything in between. Um, but my black history fact is um, a was actually I mean basically it's this weekend. We're actually recording on the day. Today is Juneteenth, at the day they were recording. So I feel like I would be we would be remiss if we didn't speak to this national holiday. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna leave that that a low hanging fruit for you. Anyway, so um, Juneteenth, which um, many of us have known about, but more of us are becoming more f- familiar with, and now we're seeing it recognized as a federal holiday, is um, where freedom had finally come on June 19th in 1865 when some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas. The, anar- the Army announced that the more than 250,000 enslaved Black people in the state were free by executive decree. This day became known as Juneteenth um, by the newly freed people in Texas. And the... Uh, Abolition of slavery had uh, occurred almost, gosh, like a year and a half, two years prior, but this was the 1800s. It's not like you could send an email. It wasn't like you were going to get a Google alert. So the um, enslaved people all the way um, further west were the last ones basically to get the memo is really what it came down to. And there weren't as many Union troops in West in like West Texas and, or, you know, in the moving westward. And so it wasn't until the union troops arrived that they were able to communicate to enslaved black people there that they were free. And, and so this entire time between the actual abolition of slavery and, and Juneteenth, these people were still working like slaves, even though they were not enslaved anymore by, by legal or order. Um, and just to touch on really quickly is like, you know, I've seen a lot of posts about, you know, Juneteenth and, you know, while and where where I stand on it is two things can be true. You know, we can there's a lot of people our people, our elders, our ancestors uh, who fought for Juneteenth to have the le- level of national recognition that it's finally getting. Um, but and, and, that, and it's deserved and we should get time to observe it every year. Um, whether or not white people should participate is still to, to be determined, but, um, also it can definitely, I understand and, and also agree that it can feel performative in that you're giving us a holiday, but you won't, you don't want to teach critical race theory in schools. You're you going to make it a holiday, but you won't have the conversation about reparations. You want to make it a holiday and give people the day off, but you won't pass the anti-lynching bill. You want to make it a holiday, but there's still police brutality. You want to make it a holiday, but you still have black and brown people being, you know, disenfranchised and discriminated against at every turn. So, you know, yeah, give us Juneteenth, but give us all that other shit too. And that's that's really what it comes down to. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna celebrate Juneteenth, and I'm going to go up for Juneteenth. But I'm also like, it doesn't take my my doesn't distract me. It's not gonna be some type of uh, you know, bandaid on the bullet hole that is how black people are treated in this country. But what we can do is in the moment is that we can celebrate our blackness. We can celebrate our black history. We can celebrate the freedom of these enslaved people. Um, and, and still, and being in that moment, but also know that there's still so much more work to be done. And that is my black history fact. So yeah, not low hanging fruit because there's definitely nuance to it. I said it jokingly. I know, and I'm saying it. But jokingly. I do agree with you. I'm, I do think it's very weird that you know they get Juneteenth, and then again, it's even weirder when you know I'm seeing stuff online and people are like, "Oh, you know, the office is going to do fried chicken for the people," and it's just like, "You how racist, bitch. Yeah, it's yeah. just like you know what I mean. Like, don't 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 do it. Don't and, pander. And, yeah, like. Yeah. But they said that it was like, you know, like you see like JCPenney is selling like Juneteenth gear or whatever. And like, I was so tempted to like order a Juneteenth shirt off of Amazon. But then I was like, I know that this is not a black owned shop. I was like, I will just wait and I'll get some Juneteenth shit from a black, from a black. I was like looking at Melanin Apparel because I'm like, I know they're black. Yeah, they're black owned yeah. and I've gotten stuff from them. And I was like, I just didn't have, it wasn't going to be in time. And this shit was flyer anyway. So 
I was like, I'll just wait till next year and get my like shit a little bit further in advance. so I can like appropriately celebrate Juneteenth and support black businesses in that case. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, but you know, people, I, I will say this though, the internet, as like you said, I know you say social media and internet is the devil, but it also is wildly entertaining at times. And like, they were talking about how like all these corporations are going to like try and capitalize on Juneteenth. So it was like Fashion Nova is going to have like a Juneteenth sale. And it was like, use the code liberated baddie 25 for 25% off. Yeah. I mean, I just hope that our people don't just take this and be like, it's a win. Like it's, it, it's very small in, in, in a grand scheme of things, you know, and it's, 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 it's crazy that, you know, again, everyone gets benefit off of this day, even though it's something for us, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. It's kind of like affirmative action. Affirmative action was meant for us, but white women are the best biggest benefactors of it yeah. you know like it, it just shows you how america always works and yeah. it's always like it's very much it's very performative it's never really like it's it's never more than skin deep but now what we're going to do is we're going to transition into tj's word of the week he did stump me last week so let's see if he can keep up his streak or if i can uh redeem myself this week so what is the word the word is abnegation Abnegation. Yeah, let me make sure you know, because you'd be like, I know you didn't pronounce it right. Abnegation. Is it, turn it up. I am sorry. I had to turn it down because you know I typically when I be in in the studio. You always your phone always exactly. goes off because you don't. Have... Abnegation. Abnegation. What does it mean? The act of renouncing or rejecting something. Actually, I do know what I did. I have heard this word before. I didn't. All right, abnegation. Uh, there you go. A B, um, N E G A T I O N. You got it correct. Yes, abnegation. You're back. I'm back on I'm back on the air. Thank you. I'd like to thank God. My. That's how you know you don't be winning a lot. Mrs. Butterfield, my kindergarten teacher, who had the most kindergarten teacher name ever. That is Mrs. Butterfield. Um, I'd like to thank Miss Reed, my 10th and 11th grade English teacher. She's the GOAT for real. Um, all right. Well, and now we have reached a segment of the show where TJ and I uh, engage each other in a quarrel or sometimes try to solve quarrels. So um, this week we're going to talk um, briefly about this whole, and it's been a while since we've done anything like pop culture wise, but um, this uh, situation surrounding Chrissy Teigen and in some ways John Legend and then also like these other celebrities or people in the, the celebrity industry that are involved so uh, if you're unfamiliar with the situation the short of it as best as I understand it is that Chrissy Teigen was recently kind of like a lot of old tweets and posts that she had made toward different people uh that, that were popular at the time bubbled up to the surface and you know no no question about it like they were really you know mean-spirited and they were hurtful they were like kind of like troll tweets and stuff like that they were just plain old bullying not nice tweets um so they came up to light um i think she's lost a couple of different endorsements off of it because of how she acted um people or how she what she had done and this, these were from what 10 years ago i think um and so then you know better than i do sis so she um you know apologized to it she took a little mini hiatus off social media um but what ha- what's happened now is she maybe last week let's say she came out and she posted um a pretty long uh apology and saying that she took full you know, responsibility for her words and actions back then. She, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but like she acknowledged how vile the things that she said were, was that she, you know, should have never done it and that she's not, would, would never do those things again. Um, and the mixed bag of responses have been like, some people are like, cool. She's, she took accountability. She says, sorry, move on. People are like, questioning why how a person like John Legend could be with somebody like her is he like her um people are I don't agree with that but go ahead I I don't either but 
then people are also like, no, she deserves to be, you know, get her out of here. I've never liked her. She's always been like this. I don't even get why she's famous. All these things. So then right at, it was this, this part is of course you always kind of side eye, right? So right the same, like literally like the same day or the day after she posted her very like long accountability, apology tour statement, uh, uh, a, a designer I guess he was on uh what's that fashion show what's that uh not top model but whatever the um I can't remember right now but the um so the fashion designer competition show uh Project Runway I think he was on Project Runway he came out and he was like how she had sent he was accused he was falsely accused of making racist comments and that Chrissy back in like 2014 dm'd him and told him like he should kill himself and all these things and he was like he's been you know he's dealt with suicidal thoughts since then and he's still recovering all this stuff and now it's like he did that and so people are like oh look somebody else is coming out saying that she's doing it some people are calling him trying to chase clout chase because i can tell you this i never heard the name michael costello before last week and then other people are like you know this is just further proof of how terrible chrissy is and but then in response to him people are coming out leona lewis who's a singer who won like the x factor years ago she's like she her team had like a, a weird and a difficult encounter a negative encounter with him you got somebody else saying that he called she did this black woman designer was like no he did call me the n-word i almost i almost went to jail because i tried to fight him all this other stuff so it's coming like all this stuff is going back and forth back and forth and then most recently i just saw from like the day before is that christy Teigen posted that you know the, the the DMs that he said she sent to him, like telling him to hurt herself, were false. Um, that they were uh, fake, um, fake or whatever, and that like basically it, he she hopes that he has like he's healing and he's doing well or whatever. But like at the same time, she's not gonna stand for him defaming her character further. Like she will take legal action if need be or whatever. So I guess. That's as high level of an overview as I can give at this point of where as much as I understand of what's going on. And TJ and I were kind of getting into the conversation around like cancel culture again. And, you know, he tried to like say like, well, this is what your people do. And I'm like, this is not my people. I don't try to cancel every and anybody. But you are part of the the cancel culture. Well, cancel culture is not... First of all, cancel culture is way less effective than people like to think that it is. And yeah, there are people who simply are do make it their business to try and get people like caught up and caught out there and things like that yeah. and there are things cancel that cancel culture is, is is the worst thing because again if you don't like somebody and you come out with something now it's like damaging and you know but so people are trying to cancel her but now people are like wait we gotta cancel him too like you're not like it's just like my, I, I don't know it's a lot of it's a lot of in situations like this where it's just like like there's does it cancel each other out Nah. Does two cancels equal? Do two wrongs make a right? I don't know, but I think like when there's see, so for me when there's like there's like levels to it, right? So a person like for me, like we can go to R. Kelly because I feel like that's the cut and, like a cut and dry one to me anyway. He's somebody you cancel, you never come back from. There's no, there's no like accountability like i mean the accountability needs to be taken but there's no like oh i'm sorry now please buy my new album whatever and it's like i'm sorry and i'll just kind of fade off into obscurity because he is a criminal he's done heinous criminal things and his his music his music and his and, and his and his songs are funded his um ability to be a predator so yeah, he deserves cancellation. A situation like this with Chrissy Teigen, yeah, if she if she was posting the same shit she was posting ten years ago, right now, right now, I would be like, yeah, she's out of control. Like that's not okay. Like I I could I would personally like I might unfollow her because I'm like I'm not. Oh, you follow her? I do follow her, uh-huh. but I see again. You more into you more in tune. Like, so I I well, but I'm not following him, but or her. Or anybody, like I mean, there was I saw there was at, at one point she what was. What made you say I want to follow? I think she TV. was like I think she was like trolling Donald Trump on Twitter, and I, was, I saw like retweets, and I was like, oh, I thought she was funny, and I didn't really know anything about Chrissy Teigen before like 2016. 
So the things that are coming out now, I was not as I was not privy to because I didn't know who she was. I just knew she was John Legend's wife and she was like used to be a model. But like I used to see that she was like troll Donald Trump. I thought she was funny. And so I followed her. And then from there, I just like, you know, you see people's posts. But like, you know, you're scrolling. We follow celebrities or other people. But like you don't spend a lot of time like giving a lot of thought to what they're doing. So when I was younger, I would just follow any any and everybody. Now that I'm older, I'm like, uh, do yeah, I really want to follow this person? Yeah, I don't follow any and everybody, yeah, but like, no, just, yeah, if any, if but if somebody like piques my interest or whatever, I'm like, oh, let me see what they're about, and then I, you know, pick and choose. There's people I followed, and then I unfollow because like, um, who was it after? So after like the verses with Babyface and Teddy Riley, I started following Teddy Riley, but then he started talking about all these like COVID um, hoaxes and shit like that, and I was like, this nigga is fucking out of control. Cancel. <laughs> not canceled but i was like nah. see but that's the thing though it's not canceled it's just like canceled. i don't subscribe to what the fuck he's saying that's cool. so like why would i put that on my feed because that's it was fair. just like that's because I'm, I'm not i'm not calling for everyone to stop listening to his music and stuff like that because he's entitled to his beliefs but i can think they're dumbass beliefs I mean, listen, and i'm not gonna follow with them. the chrissy teigen thing so when she told people whatever whatever mean-spirited shit she said yeah in that context, in that time, was it, looking at it now, it could be bullying. Was it bullying at that time? And the reason why I ask that is just because, again, when we were kids, yeah. we said stuff of that course. now, if you said that, you might get canceled. Or you, yeah, you definitely get like or a side so- at you crazy. crazy. I think that, like, so like the one, I mean? the, the one, the first one that came up that I heard about was when she was, there was... There was some act, some white actor guy, and he like married. He was like fifty five, and he married some like seventeen year old girl, and they were like, Schroden. yeah. So they were coming at her, or whatever. And I can, I, yeah, ten years ago, they were coming at both of them. Like they was like, he's a fucking creep, she's a slut, she's a this, that, and the other, and this is gross. And she had like, you know, she had a lot of breast implants, she had a lot of like augmentation to her body for being so young, and no one took into consideration to think about like. How, if she's 17, fuck with a 50-year-old man, there's something there that's wrong there that's probably on the man's part, on his, this in this situation, and she might be more of a, a kind of like brainwash or a victim, whatever, but that's not, that's not the, the mindset that the culture had at that time. So I, yeah, I think that for the time that they were in or whatever, like, no, it wasn't. Like just, it was still mean. Don't get me wrong. It was still mean. I mean when she, she told said, someone. She told someone to kill themselves. Yeah, and, and, and I get that. And people said that a lot back then. I just feel like we are such, we are in such a sensitive world that if someone tells you to kill yourself, like, do someone have that much power? Like, to me, it just means that like people are gonna just say mean shit. Yeah. They're gonna say mean spirited things. Period. If someone I don't even know tells me to kill myself. I'm going to laugh at it. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, this person told me to kill myself. Now, now I have to go kill myself. But I get it because social media is very powerful. Yes. There are little kids who someone says kill yourself and then they go kill themselves. Yeah. But again, I'm like, it's hard for me just because, again, I grew up in an era where people said some of the worst mean-spirited things. Coming from New York, yeah. from Harlem, like, yeah, you better be able to cut ass. But what I say is or that- so, or, or don't. Don't, like, if you're going to be around, make sure you're quiet. But what I'll say is that, yes, but also think about if you were, so, like, think about bullying in school, right? I got bullied in elementary school, but when I got home, when I got off the bus and I got home, it stopped. I didn't have to, so I got a reprieve from it. With the advent of social media, it's, it's nonstop. And yeah, it's not one person sometimes telling you to kill yourself, it's thousands of people telling you kill yourself you're worthless you're just that and the other and as mentally tough as even the even the most mentally tough person sometimes can have moments of insecurity can have moments of like well if everyone's saying what i did was wrong maybe you know you second guess yourself sometimes or people are like well maybe maybe i am worth it and it, it takes a it sounds takes, like me, a lack me, of confidence but it takes a lot of resolve in order to combat that when you're talking about thousands upon thousands of people and they're like it's like non-stop it's so you, just so you can't it, cut it off you can cut it off if you remove yourself from those platforms and stuff like that and that's what a lot of people do but it doesn't mean that it can't sometimes take a toll on a person i know i but, I, I, I get that so but what i'm trying to say is that at the end of the day social media you can you can turn that off so you're saying that when you went home it stopped there yeah and i'm sorry that you're 
parents didn't teach you to punch people in the face. Okay. No, I'm 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 being serious. Like, yeah. I know you're being serious. I just don't know if like punching people in the face would be. They they're gonna have to make a decision. Am I gonna bother Dingo or or am I gonna get punched in the face? And for me, if Tatum was getting bullied every day, and I told her next time they just do whatever, start rocking them, they're gonna leave her alone. I will be okay with them saying your child can't be here or whatever, or we're gonna suspend your child. Tell them like stop fucking with my child. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just the way. Or I'm gonna make sure Tatum has jokes. They say this. I could definitely. You just, I could get with that first as okay. like a primary, and then so okay, primary joke, is, is, and then the second one is you start. You just uppercut one person, and I promise you, they're gonna think about it. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? When everybody's laughing and joking, and they and they say a joke, and you just get punched in the face in front of everybody, then then you're gonna have to think about it. They either gonna retaliate or they're gonna be like, oh shit, I'm never gonna talk. I'm never gonna joke with this person again. Yeah. Or you know what? Announce that. Listen, I don't joke. So, if, if like, listen, once y'all, once I start joking, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. It, I, I can see I, both sides, I but my thing is, Tatum's gonna have jokes, and she's gonna be good with her hands. Because at the end of the day, and and and. She's gonna have her own battles that she's gonna have to face. hundred percent because but, of who, how she looks and everything else. But the jokes she's gonna have to like. I'm a teacher from jump. You just tell, like if you if you don't want to joke, if this is gonna bother you, tell people I don't joke. Yeah. And then let them know. If you start joking on me, I'm going for the juggler. Mm-hmm. So if your mother is is a prostitute, <laughs> it's coming out. Jesus. I'm I'm serious. I know, but they, my thing is that if you if you preface these things, if you forewarn people, they can't say they know. They can't. And then again, like I said, as a parent, I will defend my child every time if she gets into a fight because she joked back and she went too far. Don't fuck with my child. Like, ah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a delicate balance. Like you know, my thing is like, you gotta learn how to take your you know roll with the punches. And you know, if you can joke, you gotta be okay with getting joked back with or whatever. Or a lot of you people know, aren't though. A, a lot of people are not. And then you also have to understand that people are um, that if you're. I do agree that like if you're like, hey, I'm not in a joking mood today, or leave me alone, or if somebody is bullying you, like you know. I'm always going to be a proponent of like using your words first, but I'm never going to be a thing of like, don't defend yourself physically. If somebody tries to put their hands on you or whatever else like that, I'm not the biggest supporter of like trying to fight people of like just swinging on people or whatever first. But I understand that sometimes people talk, I don't get, it doesn't, it's not lost on me that people sometimes talk too slick out of their mouths. And sometimes they need to get like mushed in the face or punched in the face one good time in order to learn like to shut the fuck up. So all those things aren't lost on me. It's it's off. Of course, it's like you're trying to and you're trying to teach your child like how to navigate these waters and like when each of these situations is like what's the most appropriate for the situation that you're in. I think that's like where the struggle comes in because different situations might warrant different responses from her. Right. But back to the subject at hand, like I'm not. So the way I the way I feel about the whole Chrissy Tika situation is and, and that's why it's like. I don't I, because I don't agree that I'm like. I'm a huge proponent of cancel culture, whatever. There are people who I'm like, I'm not fucking with anymore. But I do know that there are there are people who make it their bread and butter to try and get people caught out there and caught up for things that they did months, years, decades ago. She, for me now, it's like a wait and see thing, right? She said foul shit that was probably laughable or whatever at the time. But now because of the era that we live in, she was called to the carpet for it and has taken has taken lumps for it. She came back and she took ownership and accountability. She didn't try to, you know, it seemed like she took ownership and accountability for it and then she apologized. And then, and then you say, I'm going to do better from here on out. So now it's just like, okay. And, and, and let me say this, from when I've come to see her, she's had some hiccups here or there because sometimes, yeah, she is like slick with her mouth. But the most thing, I've, the only person I've seen her give like consistent ether energy to is donald trump which you're never gonna hear nothing out of me because he's a terrible human being but it's a thing of now we see where this goes and then now that she's like saying like this person is lying on her she's defending herself then it's like okay now we'll see where this goes like so and then also because this is an exchanging of of words this is not necessarily like violence or criminal acts or like truly like egregious thinking or something like that it's like People could be off of her and not have to and not fool her 
and people can choose to still fool with her and it's just like a kind of a choice and like see where this goes. I disagree with people questioning John Legend about why he married somebody or why is he with somebody like that because you don't like you're not responsible and I don't know how long they've been together but it's like who she was and who she is and who she is was with him then and who she is with him now could be two totally different things so that's why you don't and you know we do I do agree that yeah we have to sometimes take into consideration the time and place that things are being said in some shit is foul no matter what you say no matter when you say it and some shit is more foul now because people are taking are holding people accountable for like yeah Saying, telling somebody you kill yourself on social media is a fucked up thing to do and you're wrong for that regardless of what they might have done unless they really like did some harm to you or like someone or like or just some type of like violent crime or something like that but even then um so yeah I don't agree with like people coming at John Legend either because it's like that's his his wife and like like you again I guess my first thought is like come at uh Melania Trump the way people coming at John Legend because like like that, that's that's who you need a spouse. You need to be like, how the fuck could you sleep at but night? See, what I think it really comes back to is like, it goes back to like you know, she's a person of color, right? Couldn't we should be considered a person of color? Chrissy Teigen, yeah. Um, she's not- yeah, she's like white and but she's like her mom's Thai, so okay. she's like she's she's a brown person, and, and, and then she's married to a black person, yeah. and I feel like we as black people are, are like the main proponents a lot of times of like pointing out stuff. Mm-hmm. And then again, she was talking about white people. So she's getting it from the black side, the white, like she's getting it from everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if she was talking about little mama, white America wouldn't care, but you're talking about Courtney Stratton. Like mm-hmm. how dare you talk about this young little white girl? And then you know, white women always weaponize their 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 tears, so Fact. she gets to just run out there and you know, Chrissy Teigen privately DM'd me, killed myself, and all the other stuff. So you know, she's weaponizing it. So now people are even more outraged. Mm-hmm. How can you tell someone so young that, or how can you tell someone that? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and again, I take it back. Like for us. I would say in our culture, we're pointing out shit, but we're quick to make jokes out of stuff. So it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the issue is that it's this Asian woman. Like, mm-hmm. no one's saying that she's a white woman. They see her as an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. It's talking about a white woman. Mm-hmm. And she's being mean to white people. And that's one thing you can't do in America. Yeah. You can do a lot of things. This is true. But don't talk about white people. Yeah, I think she don't just... Don't make them feel bad. Don't make them... You know what I mean? Like, that's the reason why the critical race theory thing. What? You're going to tell us about our racistness? And um, racistness is not a word. It's but not really you want to tell us about how racist we are? How dare you? Nope. We're going to ban this everywhere. Yeah, they just want to treat it like a boogeyman. Critical race theory needs to be taught everywhere. And yeah. No, but- it does. At the end of the day, we need to learn what really happened. It's okay that like it happened. Like we got Juneteenth. That's the whole thing. It's like you got Juneteenth off, but we don't. We, you technically, in some states, can't teach critical race theory, which would explain why Juneteenth was a thing and needed, and what the history behind it was. But because it's, but, because but, that's going to do with black people. Of the course. fact that it, the, the fact that it, it's 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 showing the white people who they are. It's showing, towards black people. It's it's, what, it's a problem. What I think what the issue is, what the issue that all these parents are having, these Republican lawmakers are having, is that it hold it's it's a level of accountability that they're not prepared to hold for themselves in the sense that racism is more than just white hoods and lynchings and saying nigger to a black person. And a lot of white people, they grew up like, well, I don't do those things, so I'm not a racist. I have three black friends or I work with black people and we get along fine and and all this other stuff and so that becomes like until their, they get angry and be like nigger that's their litmus test right that's their like that's their 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 bar for like racist not racist so if anything else before and so they their fear is that critical race theory because critical it's not exposed well because because what critical race theory is is telling them is that instead of it being like racism is like an individual problem like Karen's racist but Billy's not and then Sarah isn't but John is it's no, yeah. Karen and 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 John might be racist, but Sarah and Billy also benefit from racism. 
And so it's the thing of like, it's talking about how there's institutions that are built, grounded in white supremacy. And that's why education inequity, healthcare inequity, criminal justice inequity, all these things are, you know, it's meant to keep black people disenfranchised and, and, and as well as black, as brown people. But it's my, the thing becomes, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to know that every way of life that you live, because of the because you just happen to be born white, you benefit from in America. Like that's an affront. That's like because then what it means is like, what are you talking about? I worked for everything I had. Nobody's saying that you didn't work for the shit that you had. But what we're saying is that the same systems that you're operating in and the hard work that you were able to put in, a black person could have put the same amount of work in. It would not be where you are simply because they're black. And because the system, the same system that you are operating in is meant to help you move along and it's meant to help oppress them. And that is where the frustration comes into because they wouldn't think I'm not going to teach my kids that we're, that they're racist by default. Nobody, that's not what critical race theory teaches. And the crazy thing is you got these states banning it and being taught in schools and they can't even in the little like documents where they're like banning it, they can't even accurately or definitively define critical race theory how are you going to ban something that you can't even tell me what the fuck it is and so it's just it's just the newest boogeyman or whatever that like the republicans are trying to use in order to like you know this is their, they, the democrats and you know the, the liberals they're all trying to do this and the other it's like no we need to learn this stuff like that if i had to learn about fucking thomas jefferson and george washington and, and, and fucking christopher columbus and christopher columbus then you can learn about fucking critical race theory we can learn about tulsa and we can learn about juneteenth we don't want to talk about those things because again that's showing that that means that they have to have accountability Mm-hmm. And a white person does not want to have don't don't want to be accountable. Yeah. Period. That's their version of nigger. What accountability? Exactly. Like you call you tell you tell a white person they got to be accountable is how black people feel when you get called nigger. It's like the same like. Yeah, like it's like an affront. It's the same. They rage don't want to be harmed. Like again, they benefited way too much for this. So for them to have to acknowledge it is kind of acknowledging that this shit is a lie and that they stole and and raped and. Pilgrimage and everything. Colonizers. Yeah, all that. Yeah, that's at at showing them the mirror, and we don't want that. Listen, no, what? I grew up on a farm. Exactly. And I worked my way up. That's all you got to do. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, bitch. I don't got boots. Until when they did like the stock market shit, and then and then all these regulations and shit. It's okay for the, the the rich people, but when the small people try to come up, oh nope nope, we gotta stop this shit. How 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 do they outsmart us? You know what I mean? It, like they move the goalposts every time, and that's the frustrating yes, part. It's the white um, people, white 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 supremacy moves the goalposts for black people all the time. Rich people move the goalposts for poor people all the time because that's how white supremacy stays in stays supreme, and that's how the rich, rich stay, stay rich. rich, and that's what it is. But that's all I got. That's it. Well, I say we, we should t- probably try to find someone to come talk about Chris. Uh, Chris. Chris. Critical race theory. Okay. And we should, what you call it, as far as the whole Chrissy Teigen thing, even though our, our quarrel kind of went over the place, I am, while I am, I, I have, yes, I have canceled certain people. You're a canceler. I'm not a canceler. There are, Danny there, the, the canceler Byerson. It's levels of, to this shit. She's somebody the where I'm like. middle name is now canceled. The she, anyway, the, <laughs> for me with her, the, the point I'm trying to make is, she's somebody who I think like this is a situation where like you see where a person goes for that if they take accountability and they apologize and they're not doing it anymore Man, then you go from there I'm, I'm gonna be the opposite with it fuck it free speech if she wanna say kill yourself kill yourself I disagree no I mean listen shouldn't be out here saying no one should be able no, but people are gonna say mean things yeah. and, and, and what we have to start doing is being accountable as people and you can't blame other people words to define how you're gonna live your life you shouldn't if, but- if someone tells you to kill yourself and you feel like you have to kill yourself there is a problem within you well, that's why everybody needs to go to therapy. Because well, there's a reason why people feel like it's okay to tell people to kill themselves. And there's a reason why people feel there are some people who feel like the, it's just the a term. other people's words impact them so greatly that they actually start to have those thoughts. I, I, and that's why you have, to well, work, yeah. you have to work on those things. We have to work on those things. And, you know, yes, a lot of people are weak-minded. There are a lot of people who have no mental toughness. There are a lot of people like that. And there's a lot of people who are suffering the from term, different traumas. I, I, don't, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking away that people have traumas. 
I, mm-hmm. I promise you I'm not. But what I am saying is that if someone can tell you kill yourself and you feel like you got to kill yourself because somebody said it or this person has this many followers. So because they said it or whatever the case might be, you can always disconnect. Like my thing is that we've become so soft that like the jokes that you say, the things like, like and again, we've become so soft that people are afraid to move. Comedians don't want to say jokes no more because it's like, if I say this joke and it doesn't hit well, now they're going to cancel me. You know what I mean? Even though Cat Williams would have a very good point, like, you can be funny without having to be whatever. Exactly. So, I can see that side too, it but... It can be done. It, no, it can, but my thing is, I, I don't know. I understand, like, people feel like there's, there's a... Eddie there's... Murphy's Delirious is still one of the most funniest things I've ever seen. And it was full of gay jokes mm-hmm. and... And and using the f word and training and and, and, and all that other stuff. And, no, and when I listen to it again, like that shit made me cringe. Like the parts that were oh. still funny to me, like now, like now, but those parts now, and I was like, oh, I was like, Ugh. like, cause you, the, sometimes when you, so this is the thing. Sometimes it has to do with a, a lot. I think a lot of this could be avoided. A lot of situations could be avoided is that when you know better, you do better. Yeah, right? exactly. So I'm not. I, I'm not holding. I'm not gonna cancel eddie murphy for something he didn't you might and not that, let me let me but let me say i'm it. just saying that you might not that's yeah. it so he he did this in the early 80s i'm not gonna cancel him for something he said in the 80s if now that new information has been brought out or called to the table if he doesn't if he if in 2021 he's not doing the same thing but to me when you have people who been doing something and then they've been given information and they're going to, they're going to double down on it because they don't want to change or because they feel like people are being soft or whatever. It's like, there's a, there's a fine, there is a delicate, there is a balance between, yeah, some people, there is, there's a greater sensitivity, but also it's just also, there's a greater call for accountability of like, no, it's not okay for you to make fun of these groups, especially like when people are making fun of groups of like marginalized people, when you make fun of black people, you make fun of LGBTQ, when you make fun of disabled people, when you make fun of like women in some ways, it's like when you make fun of certain groups of people that are marginalized, yeah, nowadays, like it, it, it that feels like low hanging fruit. So that's why sometimes people think that you're whack. And it's just like- I it, also it, think, but, but see, I think depending on how the joke comes out, if it's funny, it's funny. Like funny is funny, regardless- to me, regardless of what the situation is, if you are able to hit your punchline and it gets a laugh, then it's funny. I think it's, I think you, I think funny is funny, but I also think that there is a way for folks, like the, the best comedians can okay. make a joke, even about a group. No, I get that. But, I, but let me finish. The, the, the way comedians can make a joke and, but it's like, I'm making a point but i'm not like shitting on that group either and so that's where i'm like it it takes a lot it takes a lot of it takes a lot of like real thought like you know i know but if i'm going to a a a, a comedian and he's making jokes and it's it's a set it's like him telling a story it's it's his set it's the same so if a movie has a rape scene should we not have it in there because rape is whatever or if they use the F word or if there's like a homophobic scene or whatever, do like we shouldn't tell this story no more because people can be offended. Like people no. are easily offended by stories everything. Need to be to- stories need to be told. And I think if the story, stories need to be told, but I think like most, I'm going to say most people, some people have a, a strong idea of like, this is humor. This is, this is jokes. And then other versus, this and like, you're telling a story and you're, it's like thought it's like a, a a thoughtful story and it's coming together and you're not like shitting on a group of people or a person and uh to get the punch to get the, the punchline and then there's also people who are just taking like jabs at people because it, it's it's easy target it's an easy target and that's where like you start to get that pushback but you know again Cancel culture, even though people swear it's like a, 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 a it, even though it is a huge thing, it's not as effective as people try to think make it out to be. Because not that many people end up canceled; they just kind of go away for a little bit and then they come back and then they're fine. Because people tend to forget or and or forgive. Um, but I just think it's like you got to just be discerning. Like you, we we all can laugh and jokes are funny and you know and everybody can sometimes laugh at their own hardships and and, and oppression. But it just has to be, you know, presented in a thoughtful or smart manner like don't go for like the easy 
the easy out. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it, it, it's a difference between you telling a joke. Like I said, Eddie Murphy's delirious. The things he was saying, it was perfect timing. It was just funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he was trying to say, I hate gay people or anything like that. He, I think he, it, it was the set. It was the time that they're in. But stuff like that, people will go back and be like, well, this is what Eddie Murphy did in the 80s. And it's like, it's the fucking 80s. Well, I, and I understand it. That's- you know what I mean? Who I was in 2010 is different than who I am now. I may have said some offensive things then. Me too. But I shouldn't be canceled because of it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to worry about, like, damn, is this tweet going to come back out? Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me. Yeah. I just feel like but, there's a difference between somebody doing it maliciously or whatever. Again, pr- pretty much what you said. If Christy Teigen was still doing that stuff today, then it's kind of like, sis, you, you should know better yeah. type situation. And that's what it comes down to. I think it's the know better, do better. And when you have when you know better, you should do better. But there's people and there's people who do. And there's people who, when they even though they know better, they double down on shit because they feel like they're being like censored or attacked or something like that. So... But that's all I got. That's all I got, too. All right, folks. Let's end this this jamming. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Lover's Quarrel. As always, you can find us on social media at Lover's Quarrel Show on Instagram, at Lover's Quarrel 7 on Twitter. And email us your questions, comments, headaches, and heartaches at Lover's Quarrel Show at gmail.com. And you know that I am your girl, Danny. And I'm your guy, TJ. And that we fuss. We fight. But but we we love. love. Bye. Bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.